What's the Homework? Episode 21, The Anxiety of Journaling, with your hosts, Ed and Eric. This week, Ed and Eric are all alone and deep in their thoughts as they discuss journaling, self-reflection, poverty, and sports fans. So, put on your jersey and cleats. Mom forgot to bring oranges to last week's game and coach is making you run 10 laps before practice. Class is about to begin. What up, what up? We're back. We heard, guys, I'm going to start with something serious. Like, we heard your comments. You don't do the homework. So when we talk about a TV show for 45 minutes, the listeners have no fucking idea what we're talking about. Wait, have they not been donating to charity when they don't do the homework? I mean, I hope they have. It's been on the honor system. So, guys, we're back. This week we are talking about journaling every day. Last week Could you we ha- tell people where they are right now. Oh, we are in New York. Oh, I, I meant um, like in the audio verse where they are. We are on QuickTime Audio. Nope. QuickTime Still. Audio recording. Could you explain what the podcast is, <laughs> guys? This is what's the homework? <laughs> the podcast that uh, Eric and I do each week. We try and uh, experience something with one of our friends or we do some sort of task and we talk about it and uh, you know we we loosely research it some looselier than others me extremely loosely Eric more what's the opposite of loosely Fir- Fir- firmly. firmly Eric researches it firmly and we mm-hmm. talk about it we have some segments that we like to do uh, if you've listened to all what number episode is this uh, I think it's going to be 20 <clears throat> it's episode 21 no way are you serious yeah dude happy 20th anniversary that's <laughs> <laughs> what else is it happy 20th episode eric i'm really Thanks. proud of us hold on i'm gonna look up what uh 20 is do you want to say anything about the podcast it's still going <laughs> we got an instagram now yeah we do so if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast there are <laughs> short you know minute clips of the good stuff nice. you could just go on there and you could listen to that and then you could be like ed i love the podcast especially that time where you talked about this and it'll be pretty deep in the episode and it'll be like damn thanks for listening yeah but it'll be because you just listened to a minute of audio on instagram right i wasn't listening to anything you were saying eric this is the china anniversary so oh. when you are married for 20 years you give china to each other and eric i will send you china later this week i thought i thought we weren't allowed to do that anymore Oh, because the trade war. war. <laughs> I need to. We'll talk about the trade war later. So, guys, oh, our good. our homework this week was what, Eric? Can you explain to the people? Yeah. So this was homework. I had been doing it a little bit using an app called Day One. I don't know if Ed used that yet. I used that one. Okay. So it is a journaling app um, that you can post text, pictures, video attachments, whatever daily mm-hmm. and then you can search those things and you can also track your streak so you can see how many days in a row you've been posting and all that kind of stuff i uh, have a shitty memory for events and happenings in my life so i thought it would be good to start kind of recording bigger moments in my life and how i felt during those times stuff like that so i've been doing it for about wow so you've been writing like a lot well, so i've been doing it for about like two months now but inconsistently, wow. like maybe once a week. Mm, interesting. But you write a lot once a week. Yeah. 
they would be longer things. So the homework was to do this every day since the last recording, which was about two weeks ago. And then we were going to talk about it. <laughs> so, Ed? So I'm writing my uh, my thing now. So Eric, just nice. Just going into it. What was your what were your like? Uh, have had you ever journaled before? So I have never journaled before. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've thought about it for a while, um, and then it was like two months ago. This New York Times reporter, um, Farhad Manju, uh, wrote a piece. He's very active on Twitter or whatever, and he started to post a lot of his like random thoughts that he would usually tweet. Uh, into his day one journal app. So it was more just a place for him to like drop some random thoughts during the day. It's not really how I've been using it, but Mm -hmm. it just kind of got me interested in like it being a place to kind of lock up your ideas. And I like the idea of something on my phone where it doesn't feel as like personal as like writing it in a book. And it's also always with me. It's easy to put in pictures, which I think is a little bit more meaningful than just like text. Wow. I'm really nervous that my, so I was just, so my experience with journaling, I've never journaled before. A lot of people recommend it. I think Katie recently started journaling. What are you mm-hmm. drinking there, buddy? I, I saw I saw Seltzer. That. Seltzer. Seltzer. I got nothing. I'm very thirsty. Mm. But anyway, so Katie uh, journals a little bit. Her journal entries seem to be pretty long. I've never read her journal. Maybe I should. You should. <laughs> Behind her back and then confront her about yeah. it. That's the way yeah. to go. So or read it on the podcast. That'll be next week's. Next week is to steal your girlfriend's yeah. journal. No, steal Katie's journal. Compete. <laughs> yeah, compete for what? Whose girlfriend slash fiance no, is the saddest? No, who can steal it the oh, quickest? The, okay, I can steal it right now. It's on her. <laughs> That's not fair. You have to start from the same distance as me. Right, but also hers is on. I think electronic, and I know her mm. login. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, unrelated. Does, does Sydney have a journal? Has she no, journaled before? She's, I don't think she's ever done that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so like I've never done it before. A lot of people have suggested it. I also downloaded the day one app. It was cool for pictures. Also, I kind of use it more like a Twitter rather than writing these long diatribes. Not yeah. that, like these long things. I was just like, this is how I felt today. This is what happened. I missed a few days. I mostly missed days when I got drunk. <laughs> nice. Uh, or actually not. That's not true. I missed days when I got drunk and just days like when I was like, uh, like a weekend where I was just like out all day. Mm-hmm. Or like doing shit around the house, I kind of forgot. But I guess I guess we'll see. So, do you, how do you want to do this? What format would you like? Do you do you want us to literally say what we did each day? Just generally, how? So, what did you usually give me? Like a mm-hmm. classic example of what you, uh, dude. It threw is. In there. I, I I don't I don't mean to like bring the mood down, but yeah, <laughs> I, I usually depressing. Stuff. I dude, I I clearly have a problem with anxiety. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't, it's fine. I like knew it. It's just like. I don't know. I guess this is a general mental health conversation that we were trying to have off the podcast. Like, I think Mm. that therapy would be good for a lot of people. Just the way my Mm. job is. And I've been talking with, like, I actually read this in a horoscope and it really spoke to me. Like, I think that the nature of the legal career I'm in, just like a lot of random shit can happen. Mm. And I am just anxious about something random happening or it being, like, I don't know. I think Katie felt this way, too, that, like, she's going to, f- like, when she first started, like, you're going to forget something or something's going to go under the radar and it's just going to blow up in your face. And that hasn't mm-hmm. happened to me at any point, like, in my, like, professional legal career. But it is something that's giving me a great deal of anxiety. And I feel like a lot of my posts are, like, so work today was giving me anxiety. 
And then the next day, it's like, it went totally fine. Uh, anxious about records. Next day, it went totally fine. So, like, it, it's that kind of stuff. It's, like, feeling... It, it is making me more introspective about, like... Uh, like, atta- not attacking a problem, but, like, dealing with something head-on. Seeing, mm-hmm. like, the regularity of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, did you... So, were your posts literally just, like, like a sentence? Or yeah. Or did you, like, dig into, like, what the anxiety was? Um, a little bit. It's like... I mean, uh, obviously, you can't, like, write about your clients or anything, but... No, I, no, I mean, like, it's just, like, I am stressed about this thing at work. Like... Yeah. Like, uh, I said, I'm on... Int- this is, like, from Monday the 19th. Uh, <laughs> I said, I'm on intake that day. So like each day we have like a rotation once a week where all the new filings that are coming to the city need to be like filed in court with like mm-hmm. the social workers or the caseworkers. So like one team is assigned to that and it's like everything that's new is coming in. And those days can be like stressful just cause it can be like, it literally depends on like how busy the city was with like, uh, legal issues i don't really want to mm-hmm. get into exactly what i do but but you understand oh here's one from sunday the 25th i said i partied with alex friday and saturday i had a really good time but i'm feeling very tired i also had a bad dream the night before i had a dream that i was like i crashed a car that's it wow. so that those are like the things that like uh i feel like you could see that but you, so you found it kind of therapeutic even just those small things to just like acknowledge those feelings a little bit right Yes. Yes. I, I, I do. I, I think that it's like, it's made me feel two things. It's made me recognize that maybe it's uh, anxiety is like a problem that I should deal with more proactively, but also it made me feel better to like look at it and be like the things that, like, at least from this brief encapsulation from the 13th mm-hmm. to the 27th, every time I was anxious, it turned out 100% fine. Mm-hmm. So like that's kind of like uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? What's what's your analysis of that second part of it? I mean, was it your anxiousness that made you focus and get something done that ended up making it fine? And so, is your anxiety productive, or would it have been fine if you hadn't been anxious and maybe like got therapy or had medication and it would have been fine either way? You know, like I don't know. So yeah, it's like that that that's like the the crux of it. Like it's uh I think that just thinking about anxiety generally like I'm not saying that my parents like said it was okay, but like feeling anxious is like a part of life. Like when something's important, you feel anxious about it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a bad thing. Uh does a part of me feel like I'm anxious about it that makes me do a better job? I don't know. I kind of did the same the same thing for each of these things, whether or not I was anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, m- maybe it's just something that I uh, could deal with on a less day-to-day basis and save it for, like, bigger things. But, like, mm-hmm. I guess a part of me just doesn't understand how, like, therapy, I think, is the best way to go. But how medication works in that sense. Because it's, like, sometimes people need to feel anxious. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that was that was thoroughly depressing. Oh, I also have in here that I that I saw a movie. But listen, like, I, I think this is a really valuable, like, just my general impressions before we mm-hmm. move on to you, just because I want all the attention. Otherwise, you know, my anxieties. It's going to be okay. Look at tomorrow's journal entry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, I think j- journaling for me is really useful. I don't know if I could do, like, those long things. You know what I mean? 
like long like passages but yeah i think that uh it makes me want to fill my days more and it makes me want to be better just like mentally and physically and all that stuff it it, it, yeah. th- it is motivating i think but yeah. what do you what did you do talk to me about your thing um i kind of did a mix of things um i definitely didn't do super long entries the most was like you know a paragraph or two but like i said i feel like i have a hard time uh you know just remembering like little things like when we would go out to get drinks with someone that like sometimes it was like a really nice night and we had a good time and i'll completely forget it so i thought it would be nice to kind of just like throw a picture in there of that night and then just kind of talk about what we talked about or whatever and just to kind of encapsulate it a little bit more Hmm. um so i did a little bit of that where it was kind of just like a, a memory capsule do you think it makes you feel more in the moment as well yeah because i would you know so i set a reminder for 8 p.m to for it to tell me to put in a journal entry mm-hmm. so you know if we would go out or i would have a day at work that was interesting or something i would you know write it down so it, one i'm keeping a record of it that i could look back on but two i'm also like taking the time to actually think about how the day went or what happened or whatever um so just the process of doing it was kind of therapeutic a little bit mm-hmm. um but then I also, I would do what you did as well. I would record some like weird dreams I had. So I had a dream that I was in an econ class and had not been doing well and I needed to pass the final. And I kept telling myself, Eric, we got to study for the final. We got to study. And I just never studied. I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then I took the test and my teacher kept me or the professor or whatever kept me after class. He was like, I think we should go over this together. Oh, man. And he brought in a colleague and they were like, yeah, let's let's go over what your thought process was. And so we went over all my answers and they were like, you didn't know what you were talking about. Like, there's no way you can pass this class. Like, you didn't oh. try. You don't know what you're doing. And I was like, <laughs> I had the awesome. dream two nights in a row. And I was like, I got to write Whoa. this down. Interesting. I don't know what it was about. I mean, I think we both know what it was I know. really about. Yeah. It's that weird dick of yours. <laughs> yeah. I know. No. I, like, so, okay. Can you tell me about some of the pictures you took or any interesting, like, days that happened or anything like that? Yeah. Or do you feel... Um, or do you, if you don't want to share, like, that's also... That would be an interesting uh, perspective to have. <laughs> that you don't want to share it on your fucking podcast. Uh. So, Sydney and I started taking dance lessons. Whoa! So, we've been uh, having the, like, instructor or whatever record some of the moves so we can practice them at home or whatever. And I put no them way. in there as, like, a little memory to look back on when we were learning our first dance for the wedding. Cool. How's that yeah. going? It's going well. I wrote on a night I was hanging out with Katie. We were watching Alton Brown. I'm sorry, we were watching Food Network, and have you heard of that show, Pioneer Woman? Mm-hmm. Where she, like, cooks, like, rustic homestyle dishes that are easy to feed the whole family. Yeah. And I thought, what if there was a show that was the same Pioneer Woman lady, but it was specifically for women who wanted to murder their husbands? So mm. it'd be different ways to, like, poison their food. That'd be pretty so interesting. A, a food poisoning chef? Yeah. <laughs> we could cut this out but eventually i'm gonna get to the confidence level where i could do that character but maybe if i write about it in my journal that 
I wanted to do the character today, but I chickened out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get there eventually. I'll write that down right now. Okay. You talk while I write. Um, what else happened? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> oh, uh, we also we're going to talk about this real quick. Maybe next. Um, we did a, a thing at work called a poverty simulation. So I recorded oh. how that kind of worked. Um, Interesting. And then also, that was kind of, I don't want to say emotional, but it was thought-provoking. Um, so I wrote a lot about how that kind of made me feel. Sure, talk about it. Let's do it. So tell me, what happened? So what's a poverty simulation? Yeah, so our hospital it is located in a area of Philly that is very resource-limited. Uh, um and so part of working with that community is kind of, you know, having the ability to uh, empathize with them. Um, and I think part of empathizing is being able to put yourself in other people's shoes. And sometimes people need an actual simulation or, you know, actual seeing or doing to kind of understand that a little bit. Um, so this poverty simulation, I don't remember where it started. It started at another medical school, um, but we brought it to Philly last year so this was the second year they did it and basically it's it's basically similar to like a a board game or something like that what do you mean it's like like there are pieces and stuff so you're in a large auditorium um you're at a table with you know one two or three other people and you're a family and there's maybe you know 40 different families there and then around the perimeter of the room are a bunch of community community organizations so there's a police station there's a uh, like healthcare center there's a bank um, a school um, a social services office and stuff like that and uh, each each round is 15 minutes and 15 minutes is encompassed by a week and so you're given somewhat limited rules um, and then not told how how really the game works because in general um when you end up in poverty you're not really told how to access the resources and how to like utilize the system to its best advantage so some of the rules you have are that to go from you know your home to a certain place you need to use a a transportation pass which costs a dollar one of the things you're not told is that if you leave any possessions on your table they could be stolen if you're not back from work in time to pick your kid up uh the police could come by and take them from you um so maybe some drama of what happens in a community no, but it, not really re- i think it's relatively accurate there was nothing that i was like this is completely out of proportion with what really happens so my experience real quickly was i was a 40 year old man who had a 20 year old uh daughter who was trying to go to college who had a one-year-old son and then i also had an eight-year-old son who had asthma mm-hmm. um and so i had a job Um, I basically made enough to, they tell you how much all your expenses and utilities and everything like that cost. I had enough to basically afford everything, but if anything went wrong, I would be short something. I had to tell my daughter that she couldn't go to college because I needed her around to take care of her kid and then also to take my kid to school and stuff like that. Um, And I went to, to work, which work encompasses eight minutes of the day. So basically every week you have half the time as other people that aren't working to get other things done. So you have to go to the bank to cash your check. You have to pay your mortgage. You have to buy transportation passes. You have to buy food. Um, And what you experience is that a lot of these things 
the people that are trying to help you are not it's not that they're against you but they're not trying to help you out in any way they're just trying to get through their day because they also live in this community and they just want to get home at the end of the day um they work very slowly so sometimes you waste six minutes waiting in line and if you've spent eight minutes at work you have zero time for the rest of the day to get something done and all of these things happen throughout the day and then at, at we basically do an entire month and then we kind of uh broke into groups and talked about them. yeah <clears throat> interesting um so it was cool and so that was part of what i journaled about was just kind of that experience because you know the family that i represented is people that i see in the the hospital all the time um and to kind of sit in their shoes even if it's just for an hour is kind of interesting yeah definitely man that's like uh i think that that's exactly what the journaling is for is to be able to like reflect on those like types of uh like big situations and like i mean do you have any more thoughts that you'd like to share like were there any things that really stood out to you did anything crazy happen during the simulation nothing nothing crazy happened i mean there were certain people that like didn't have enough cash to make it through the week so they started yeah. like stealing from other people and they would steal items or actual like they would you know quote unquote like mug someone and steal their money yeah but then there were other people that like there were two older couples who both got kicked out of a uh, homeless shelter and they didn't have any other family to go to so they ended up entering a you know relationship or whatever and they bought a home together so that they could make ends meet um, so there was kind of some interesting stuff that happened as people figured out ways to make it through. And for the most part, no one ended up bankrupt. A couple people ended up in jail for things that they did to kind of make money. Right. But nothing like traumatizing happened necessarily. It was just like this like constant anxiety and stress of like, I have to get things done just to literally make ends meet. Like at no point did I get further in life. Do you feel like it's going to inform your practice differently in any way? I don't know. Help me empathize with people. Yeah. Um, I feel like you have that in you already. It seems yeah. like the, t- the time I mean, thing I... is interesting, just how few t- how, how little time there is. Yeah. I mean, both of us are, like, pretty liberal. So, like, we, at least, like, you and I tell ourselves we knew all this stuff already. It's nice to get, like, a reminder. But, like, we knew the stuff that, like, the system is working against people who aren't as well off. Yeah. But the time thing is pretty interesting. I mean, I think we both work in in uh, fields where we deal with people who uh, is it what's the, what's the politically correct term you use? Resource scarce or the resource limited, resource yeah resource limited that... street rats. That's what <laughs> we meant. Taught me most was just how hard it is to advance yourself in any measurable right. It just was impossible to have enough time or have enough money to ever get a step ahead of anyone else in the community and as mm-hmm. i was doing it what i what i thought would have been interesting was i understand i'm like a white guy talking about universal basic income but like no dude people care about what white guys think <laughs> i thought it would be Go interesting ahead. to redo the simulation with the context that everyone got a certain amount of money regardless of if they were working and just to see like right if I could not go to work for a week and just get some stuff done and let my kid go to school, like what that would have been like knowing that I had, you know, at least a minimum amount of 
money that I could rely on just coming to my house. Right. Not that it would have been realistic or a feasible solution for the poverty crisis we have, but I just thought it would be interesting to kind of simulate. I mean, I feel like there's just a ton of need in a lot of places. The things that like I've encountered with people who are, what was the, what was the word you used? Beggars? Yeah, I think, I think that was what you heard. <laughs> so I think that like, there's just a lot of need. There's like thing like resources are made to be limited. I think that there mm-hmm. are the resources in this country out there. But um, there's a lot of bureaucracy. Things take a lot of time. Like, also, we're not taking into account that, like, people need a lot of help. Like, I think there are a lot of people that need a lot of help. Like, I think the thing that you said that is interesting is, like, nobody explains how the system works. That it's, like, if you never have any someone helping you along the way to, like, teach you, like, what the right way to do things is. Or, like, explaining this is where you send something or this is like where you apply for this type of housing like mm-hmm. i think that uh even if it's just reaffirming some of the things that we feel hopefully it do you think it changed anyone that like was there was anyone like whoa so one of my like mentors who kind of lives somewhat in the community that that we help take care of um has a kid who's 14 and he did this. He's been working at the this hospital for 20 years or whatever, and he did this last year. And And his simulation was he was the, a 14-year-old, uh, you know, child. And he had to speak at the end of it. And as he was speaking, he ended up breaking down and having to, like, sit down for a little bit because just being in that experience as a parent and just realizing, like, this is what my kid goes through every day and even more so for it my patients that are his age. So I think the people that are maybe a little bit closer to it than I am had a greater impact from the experience. I'd be interested to know, like, if you grew up in poverty or something, how you would feel about us simulating your experience. I did, like, a refugee simulation in college. Like, I I, I could see where the offense could come from, but I hope... I, I, I don't know. I feel like to explain to people who don't understand, like... Sometimes, I don't know, you have to use like broad strokes or whatever. And speaking of broad strokes, mm. here it comes. Uh, I was just uh, watching a <clears throat> show about Michael Phelps and Michael Phelps mm. strokes through the water. Uh, the broadest. <laughs> the broadest of strokes for the broadest of people. Guys, this is Ed's sports short, mm. sporty shorts. Is that what it is? Dribble, dribble. Dribble, dribble. And so it's going to be dribble, dribble, bounce, bounce. Is that okay. oh, oh is that really what it's gonna be? Can't yeah, you I got can't, it. I'll cut it out. Dribble dribble, bounce bounce. Can't you just have like uh slam? Like, wouldn't that be better? Do you don't want you... something from like Space Jam? Yeah, like but clip? But like I don't know how much we could have, but I would love some, like hey, we did a whole you show with, a like, slam. No thirty you minutes of jam. Songs. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> yeah, how have we not like caught wind of the algorithm? I don't think anyone's <laughs> Rob's not gonna sue us. I don't think that it's a suing thing. Aren't they just like Sending, like, uh, programs out into the ether and just, like, listening mm. to everything? I don't know. Speaking of programs out into the ether, did you get your Apple card? <laughs> Shut mm. up. Did you? We're not talking about that. Can we talk about your broad strokes, please? <laughs> right. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Space Jam. And welcome to the jam. 
Dribble, dribble, bounce, bounce. All right, so welcome to Ed's Sporty Shorts, where Eric and I talk about something. Well, well, Eric doesn't really talk. I like sports. Eric is a <laughs> Eric is a casual observer of sports. So on Ed's Sporty Shorts, I take something that's happening in sports or talk about how a team that I like is doing, and we talk about it. And today mm-hmm. we're talking about Andrew Luck. Do you know who Andrew Luck is? Nope. Have you heard anything about him recently? Nope. So Andrew Luck is was a quarterback. He mm, was a, interesting. So he was draft. I'm gonna tell you. I should. I should. I should have more <sighs> research, dude. I'm so freaking sorry. Don't you wanna slam? And you're gonna slam. So Andrew Luck is a 29 year old quarterback who was drafted in 2012, I believe. So he played quarterback at Stanford. How how basic do you want me to get? quarterback in football these days is pretty much the most important position on the field like if your team doesn't have a good quarterback or a decent quarterback you're basically basically have no chance of winning the super bowl it's the only it's like the pitcher uh not really it's actually like the pitcher or, or the goalie uh it's almost or like the kicker well so think or of it like this guard. think of it like this the quarterback is the only player uh on offense or defense that touches the ball every single time so the quarterback affects every offensive play, and the league is becoming more and more offensive, and throwing is just becoming more of an integral part of the game. So in football, the quarterback is particularly important. Andrew does Lu- the pitcher not touch the ball every play? Uh, he does, but the pitcher only pitches like every five games. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, fine. There you go. So you've been convinced? Yeah, I just wanted to beat you on sports. <laughs> You're not going to, buddy. I'm a real sports guy. You're we, we we had a Israeli family visit, and then they went back to Israel, and we visited them. And they're like, "This is Ed. He's a big sports boy," <laughs> <laughs> which meant that I like sports. I didn't, yeah. But anyway, so Andrew Luck was a quarterback at Stanford. He was pretty. He was incredible there. He was drafted number one overall by uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and he was so good and so much of a sure thing that that same season they actually released Peyton Manning. You know who Peyton Manning is. Mm-hmm. Right, so Peyton Manning, I would say, is is like a top five, arguably quarterback of all time, and the Colts were like, "Yeah, we have you. You're kind of old, and we're just gonna let you go uh, because we're so sure about this rookie coming in from college." So they got Andrew Luck, and uh, he was pretty good in his first season, like very, like very, very good in his first season, and then in his second season. Okay, yeah, I, I I'll tell you what happened. He was really good in his first season. In his second season, he was also really good. He went to the Pro Bowl, which means that he like was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. In his third season, he also went to the Pro Bowl. It seems like he didn't win a Super Bowl or anything. It's pretty hard to do that as like a young quarterback, but he was playing really, really well. He was mm-hmm. getting hit a lot, uh, and... Yeah, he was getting hit a lot. This is just because the general manager who basically decides what players are going to be on the team was really bad at drafting uh, offensive linemen and just weapons around him. So the consensus was that Andrew Luck is really good. It's just we can't see just how good the team is because he's not being surrounded by any weapons. In the okay. next season, he was getting hit so much that he actually had a lacerated kidney and was out for the rest of the season. 
Then the next season, he signed a six-year contract extension for $140 million with $87 million guaranteed. Making, that's $87 million guaranteed. So no matter what happened, he was going to get $87 million. A huge investment for one player. Okay. And uh, he was pretty good. He missed one game due to a concussion. And the team was pretty good. Once again, the consensus was that there wasn't enough around him. Then the next season, over the offseason, he had a shoulder injury that basically kept him out the entire season. It was very mysterious. He was traveling to Europe to, like, get surgery there. Like, really, really weird. People were very confused what was going on. Then he was out for the 2017 season. Then he came back in the 2018 season and was really good. So this season, so Angela has dealt with concussions a kidney laceration that left him out and a major shoulder injury. And he's been dealing with how many more, like something about the NFL that people always say is that like, they're dealing with injuries all the time. It's just the difference between what pain can you handle and what like, isn't debilitating like offensive line. Hold on. <laughs> Louis meowing. Oh my gosh. Offensive linemen and defensive linemen don't really need to grab the ball very often, so they play with, like, broken hands all the time. Like, can you imagine another career where they're like, yeah, I know you tore your meniscus, but you can run. It just hurts really bad, so you're going to play. Whatever. No. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So he dealt with a lot of injuries. Then this offseason, like, he has a new coach. They're supposed to, like, he, I mean, he's uh, playing with a coach from last season who's really good offensively. Mm-hmm. They have, like, a really good line. Basically, they're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. He suffers okay. a mysterious injury that he hurts like his like ankle or shoulder or something. And on August 24th, 2019, he announced that he's retiring. So it's this 29-year-old guy who's made a ton of money is mm-hmm. retiring because – and I'll, I'll read you the quote. I've been stuck in this injury process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live. It's taken my joy out of the game, and the only way forward for me is to remove myself from football. This is not an easy decision. It's the hardest decision I've ever made in my entire life, but it's the right decision for me. So he made this announcement during a preseason game, and the Indianapolis fans booed him off the field. And then he made this announcement, and there's been like a lot of discussion about like what this what should people's reaction be? And I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel like you got the, a good picture of the story? Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What's your analysis? I mean, he can he can do what he wants. Right. So if he wants to do this, he can. Yeah. Do you think that it's... What do you think of the fans booing him? I mean, fans are... Allowed to do what they want to? Fans are allowed to do what they want. For some reason, they think that them being there means anything, and it doesn't. Hmm. Um, but sometimes they like to make it known that they're there, and they don't agree with what you're doing, and so they boo. So that's okay. You're not gonna get everyone's support, especially when you're doing something people don't want you to do. Right. This has become like a really like millennial conversation because like technically it's unclear if he can play or not. But basically, what he's saying is that like. I get injured. I've been injured a bunch of times. This I'm, I'm hurting like all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Like I used to, this used to be the most important thing in my life for me, but like it's not anymore, and I don't want to do it anymore, and I don't have to. And people are saying mm-hmm. like there was this one comment from this guy that said like saying I'm too tired to go to work is the most millennial decision ever. Like so, people are like 
roasting him on that side. Other people have the same opinion that you do, that it's like he's allowed to do whatever he wants. I don't know. I think this is just an interesting microcosm of like how we look at boomers, like boomers look at millennials and vice versa. Wait, so is it the older generation that in particular is like... Some of them are like guy... that. Some, okay. some of them are like he's being a wimp or like my dad was a somebody wrote my dad was a coal miner and he went to work every day it's like okay but he's not a coal miner like people it, it, that's like one perspective but also it's it's this has changed recently but it's looking at athletes as a commodity like they're people mm-hmm. like every any other person who was like too injured to go to work or was like tearing their knees out you would feel empathy for them but some people look at athletes as a commodity and this is definitely a racial thing like andrew luck is white but like it's a racial thing most of the athletes in football are black and i think most of like athletes in american sports outside of hockey are people of color and like i think that the fans like view them as like commodities that are there for their entertainment and i think they Mm -hmm. booed andrew luck because they were mad that he was retiring because they were mad they had less of a chance of going to the Super Bowl now. But at the end of the day, it's this guy who is making the best decision for himself. So, like, who are you to say that? Also, like, have some empathy. He, like, didn't know if he could, like, move his shoulder again. And he was, like, very emotional during his press conference, too. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, that perspective and that analysis. Like, we look at our mm-hmm. athletes, like, we don't see them as people. We just see them as, like, and, like, a lot of athletes are coming out saying this, that it's, like, we need, like more therapy or like we need to be have this conversation about mental health because like it's a lot of pressure or it's like the way like society like makes us feel or like people see us as commodities like you in like a utah jazz game like fans are shouting racial obscenities at like these athletes and that's just like in what other context would anyone feel like they can do that like he went to the game to watch these players play and cheer them on Mm -hmm. but yet he also feels like he can call them the n-word like he sees it as, as it's there for his entertainment so it's like mm-hmm. i don't know i just thought it was like a, a a larger discussion that it's like are we too sensitive as a generation or is the older generation just like stupid as fuck no i think it's it's interesting for sure and it, but i think there's a lot to it and i think i could sympathize a little bit with someone arguing that they disagree with his decision in that like they make a lot of money and these people are in a sense paying their but it's not their money salary are they though why but like they pay to go to the games they pay in their time to watch the games so they're investing a lot in that person's career whether or not you think that that's like a good investment or not so that means that you just like oh i'm not saying that you're saying this but my response i'm not saying that i know i'm not saying that that that's right but like so then my response would be like doesn't mean you fucking own them for the rest of your life like it's not indentured servitude no you don't own them but one could argue that they owe you no but just like if you're a boss and your employee is like sorry i'm leaving tomorrow it's like well wait i just invested a bunch in your training and i don't have someone to replace you like I know that we're kind of making a little bit of leaps here. I'm trying to no, like, you make not a, cross you that make line a good where point. I'm saying that they own them. Right. It's like running a business. Yeah. I get what and you're like, saying. And like, we're coming up on a new season now. And so they've invested a lot of time and, you know, money buying paraphernalia and whatever. And also like the the, the argument on the other side is like, if you knew this, you should have said something earlier. And maybe he did. We don't, we don't know if he was like indicating to the team that this might be a possibility. But like, a lot of people 
have invested money and like the team has invested time and I'm sure like basically the Colts aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year which like they had a chance to mm-hmm. so I mean it is interesting I, I think that it's it's interesting to have those discussions back and forth it's just I think it once again is just like this generate the older generation or whatever generation that like well it was shitty before so like you should be okay with it being shitty now but like just because you dealt with injuries and like the older football players are so fucked up with CTE or don't have any knees or like and can't walk like doesn't mean that this generation mm-hmm. has to you know what I mean like yeah. I don't know anyway so speaking of no knees when you when you when you got that arthritis your knees get a little crunchy and we about to get mm-hmm. to the best segment the last segment the crunchiest <laughs> segment yo boys it's time for that crunchy corner crunch 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 yeah. No, no, it, it just, it goes. It, it, you don't have to, do you understand how editing works? No. Dude, multiple people have commented that you're really good at editing. You're getting better. Thanks. Oh, come on and slam! But sometimes you don't put it in like, there should be a slam. Oh. Yeah. Slam! Slam, bam, thank you, bam! There you go. Okay. Guys, this is Crunchy Corner. This is our favorite and most long-running segment. Has been running since sophomore year of college, which was how many years ago, Einstein? They... Eight? No, seven. Seven. At least. Some some years ago, I would say about a minimum of a fourth. Oh, wait, you graduated six years ago. A fourth of a China anniversary ago, we had a radio show. We had a Hong Kong anniversary. We had... (laughs) We had a radio show where we did a Crunchy Corner segment. Eric reviews a Crunchy Snack. We've expanded it to just... Have they all been crunchy? We do candy sometimes. Yeah. But, but I mean, you... I make them crunchy. <laughs> Guys, this is Crunchy Corner. Eric reviews something on a 3.3 prong rating scale. The prongs range from negative no and a half to yes and a half. Obviously, negative no and a half is bad. Yes and a half is the best. The three prongs are, is the flavor people ask for? Did it achieve this flavor? And the most important category, goodness. Patent mm-hmm. pending. Eric, tell the people what you have. Okay. Oh, man, I can already hear it crunching. Yeah. All right. We have a snack that you've probably heard of. Combos. Combos. Did you eat combos? I did. Okay. You tell me your experience while I'm munching on these bad boys. What flavor is that? This is a new flavor. Oh, seven-layer dip. That sounds gross. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Now, on the front, there's a picture of one, two, three, four... Yep, seven layers. What are the seven layers? Um, it looks like there's a, a bean dip, a um, sour cream. Might be another kind of bean dip, not sure. <laughs> uh, guacamole, cheese, and then salsa. Is that seven? Might only be six. Oh, what the fuck? Well, one of the layers Maybe is the, the bowl. Maybe the is the crunch. The crunch or the cheese. Or All the right. bowl. Anyway. Okay, so it's seven Do you like seven layer dip generally? Tortilla. Do you like seven layer dip generally? Um, I like it when people. I like it when people make it. I don't like store bought seven layer dip. Interesting. I just like uh, would rather have all those dips separately. <laughs> <laughs> all right. so, so what is uh, a combo, Eric? Okay, so it says crunchy corn tortillas packed with a fiesta full of flavor. Olay. Olay. So combos are pretzels with a hole in them. So it's like 
a pretzel cylinder and inside is usually some sort of like powder, usually a cheese powder. So I've had the cheddar flavor and I've had the pizza flavor, which tastes like cheddar powder inside, something you'd find in a Ritz cracker, or pizza powder inside, as you'd find in a pizza Ritz cracker. I'm an excellent descriptinator. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, the first thing people want to know is, tell us about that odor. Yeah. Eric's nose is in the bag. Good Eric's odor. In- it's very good odor. <laughs> um, Unctuous? What does it smell like? Mm. Pretzels, probably. No. No, it's got no. a it's got a very very uh, tortilla and salsa smell. It's very Interesting. nice. Interesting. Mm. I take car freshener like this. <laughs> Ew. Mm. Mm. All right. All right. Here I'm we excited. go. So, All right. So Try you, you tell me about your combos. I kind of experience. like. I always think I like them more in like theory rather than in practice because they're kind of they're so freaking salty, and I just kind of. Would always I don't eat fried like chip snacks often enough where it's like I can pick from anything I want. I want to pick combos. It's like usually down the line. But if anybody has them, I'd be like, oh damn, I'll try one or two. And you obviously eat them the way Eric just did. You eat the first one normally, and then the other one you bite hor- you bite um, on the <laughs> bisect. So like you see the inside of the tube, and then you lick out all that weird cheese powder. So. Combos, I just read, are made in Brazil, and they contribute to 100% of the fire that's going on to make those Fiesta Combos. And Bonacero is sponsored by Combos, so they're the fascist's favorite snack food. Hmm. So. I er- know that. Right? Now you know. Because it's Ed's Damn. short shit. 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 So, right. how are they? So. Thoughts? I hate combos. They suck. So why'd you they buy them? I was eaten by the douchey kids in school. Oh, so I man. never ate them. <laughs> what um, was eaten by the not douchey kids? Butts. Mm. Slam! Um, I don't know. The douchey kids ate like Cheez Its, something normal. The not douchey kids ate something normal. Something that wasn't overly complex. Got it. So combos, you have a negative not only did you like the flavor or was it just the Social connotation that you don't like. I didn't like. like the concept. They were doing too much. I just wanted a crunch. I just wanted a cracker that had been perfected over years of use and caressing of aged cheddar into square pieces. No, this is not a cheddar that exists. You and I disagree. We both love cheddar, but we I do not That's like cheese. so false. What do you mean? What's right. so false? That I don't Can we like... get to the review? Can we yeah. get to the review? Eric, is five-layer tortilla dip a flavor people ask for? Yes. What? Yes. Yes? Uh, No, but okay, fine. Yes. I would think they would do a nacho cheese flavor before that, or even a salsa flavor. Dude, the people... Stop. Stop? No one's asking for combos flavors at all, except people that eat combos. And the people that eat combos wanted a seven-layer dip combo, for sure. (laughs) Do you think that if it was an eight-layer dip, it would taste any different? I think they should have done an eight-layer dip. <laughs> Next year. They should have been like, find ne- out the mystery layer. Next year in Jerusalem. Okay, so that's a yes. One below, yes and a half. So it's pretty, people wanted this. And does it achieve yeah. that flavor, Eric? I'm going to say yes. What? Are you yeah. kidding me? What is the No, che- I'm totally serious. What does the pretzel taste like? It tastes like a tortilla pretzel? Okay, so it, the outside, which is why I ate it weird, the outside tastes very much like a tortilla 
I don't think you ate it weird. I, I said that non sarcastically. That's how oh, really? I, I would you eat them, eat them too. like that. I never ate them, so I don't know uh, how to eat them. Got it. Mm-hmm. The outside tastes very much like a tortilla. Good crunch, not too salty like you said they were. Mm-hmm. Good salt factor. Mm-hmm. Now the inside tastes very much like a mix of like salsa and bean dip. Interesting. It's not very with a little cheesy. bit of cheesy. Mm-hmm. Got it. So what do so. Okay, so does it achieve that flavor? You said yes already? I mean, I think so. So I don't eat seven layer dip a lot. Yeah, so I'm trying eats, to think what gross. the strongest flavors are. I think like, you'd get a, a fair amount of cheese. I think I you'd think. get bean, sour cream, and salsa. And what about the guac? That's I'm guac. not getting the sour cream or the guac too much, but those are kind of more like hints. Okay. And the final most important category goodness. Mm. Oh, also, before you answer this, they look a lot like those dog pill pockets yes they very much do i feel like a like a pet (laughs) to be honest (laughs) you are my little pet you're you're my little pet buddy yeah all right tell us what the goodness is do a good job all right so i'm not gonna ever rate a combo a yes plus (laughs) so it's just gotta be a yes yes still pretty high yeah. An average of a yes. This is a snack that you liked. You liked it. Yeah. And you're still smelling it. <laughs> well, you... they get the bonus point for the odor. It's a good odor. Oh, my goodness. So mm. it's yes plus odor. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's good. Yes. It's not yes minus odor. Mm-hmm. So, guys, that was Crunchy Corner. We are coming to the end of our podcast. Uh Dude, let's save that relationship advice that you had for later. Okay. We'll egg, good. We'll explain it next time. Nice. Nice. I'm fucking hilarious. So, Eric, um, yeah. Instead of instead of etiquette, mm. just throwing this out there, what would you think of giving the listener one or two theories of how you would control hurricanes? <laughs> um... Listen, I don't agree with Donald Trump on almost anything. Yeah. But I bet shooting a nuclear missile would do something to it. Hmm. You don't think it would, like, cause a, like, nuclear sharknado? (laughs) It might. But if we're going to live in fear of nuclear sharknadoes, we wouldn't have done half the things that society has done. Hmm. Um, Other things could include to help with a hurricane a big fan. Have we thought right. about that? See, that's what I thought about. Let's get like a badass blow dryer. <laughs> yeah. And just send it in the direction and we'll just evaporate the water. That's a really good theory. idea. Also, why not? They say during a hurricane, you should sit in the bathtub. Just make the whole house out of the bathtub. True. There we go. Hurricane solved. My last theory, a little yeah. more complicated. I'm not sure how we'd get there. Neil yeah. deGrasse Tyson will figure it out. <laughs> what if we learn? He's canceled. To train it. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we, we send it to the Amazon to deal with the fires. <laughs> well, so training it might be difficult because hurricanes are notoriously uh, uh, difficult creatures to train. No, but... no, that's male hurricanes. <laughs> Female hurricanes are better trainable. <laughs> They're better with kids. Yeah. Except Katrina. <laughs> what about Katrina? Oh. <laughs> Ooh, they said in our new... I was reading, so we're going to New Orleans soon. Can't wait. Uh, so excited. Eric's going to die. Never come um, back. Never come back. They said, don't bring up Katrina in New Orleans. So there goes Who like... Who said that? The Travelocity. Not Travelocity. Travels... Whatever. Some travel website. So don't bring it up. Guys, mm. we're sending 
to our loyalist fans, we are suggesting that you get your biggest fans to send hurricanes away. Mm-hmm. What are we doing for our homework next time, buddy? What did we decide? Um, oh, so British Bake Off is back. What are you? Oh. What are you doing? Oh, I'm doing the dollar sign, money uh, fingers rubbing together. Why? Why? Because we gonna be. What's the homework we need to? Oh, oh, we're making making. Yep, yeah, hold on. I was getting to it. Oh, sorry. And then your weird money sign rubbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Continue. All right. British Bake Off is coming back. If you have PBS, first episode available tonight. What? If you have Netflix, gotta wait till Friday. That's the life. So we're gonna make some bread, and then the guest next episode is gonna be the man himself. Who? The the host. The the host of the British Bake. Didn't you Paul? Paul Hollywood is coming on. Did you say you got Paul Hollywood? Who would you rather have, Paul Hollywood or Prue? Prue, hell yeah. Mm, Oh, she'd be so sad. She'd be so drunk. (laughs) (laughs) You love old women, dude. (laughs) So, guys, we're going to be making that bread. We're going to have our our boy, Paulie Hollywood, on. Did you have any thoughts on what kind of bread you're going to make already? Think you're going to make a brown bread? It can't be regular bread. Yeah, I don't think it can be regular bread. Come on, it's got to be fun. I was thinking of doing a sourdough, but you have to ferment it. Mm. Do you? I think you do. What if you just... Add Sour Patch Kid cereal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, add something sour. Well, guys, we're going to be souring it up. We're going to be making bread next time. Listen in. It might be a little bit to the next episode because this is Labor Day weekend. So unless we're doing it next week and then I'm going to the beach and then it's New Orleans. So we're going to have to fit it in somewhere. Yeah. Guys, thank you for listening. Shouts to to my boy Alex. Uh, Alex was mad because... All the funny jokes that I made during the Bachelor episode were Alex's, and I forgot to credit him. So thanks, Alex. Damn, that's messed up. I know, dude. I'm a fucking asshole. So thanks, Alex. Uh, I'm sorry to pull the rug out from under you. Uh, We'll see you later. You want to say bye? See ya. And to play us out is uh, that song that won the VMA for Best Song of the Year. We're, we're, we're jumping on the train late, but I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to. I can't believe he did. Panini. Oh, he sang Panini. Yeah, that's what he performed. No, that's I mean, he's trying to get in, past like, a, in like a Tron Afro futurism. What do you think of Missy Elliott's new song? I don't know. She had a good performance. Yeah, but it was good too. gave me the feels. This episode gave me the feels. Which is it part? over? It's over. Bye, guys. Bye. Did but did you get it? Yeah. <laughs> what are you keeping it in? A denim wallet in my leather pants. <laughs> I don't see me mad at situations. I see me turning.